overkill, profusion, excess, surplus, too much, abundance. When it comes to the body of Christ, God is just a big show-off, heaping spiritual gifts on His people in an embarrassment of riches. I'm Laura Pace. And I'm Jessica Denny. You're listening to Embarrassment of Riches, where we explore the wisdom, passion, power, and grace that God has showered on the women of Dallas Bible. Good evening, and welcome to Embarrassment of Riches. Hello, Laura. Hello. How's it going? It's going good. I like that I just have to say hello. Yeah, and I think you sort of mastered it. I have mastered it. I know where my lane is, and I'm staying in it. Yes. Well, as we have mentioned many, many times on the podcast this season, Laura and I are super excited about... You can do it. Well, I am seeing, hosting... Mm curating yeah. the stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're doing Embarrassment of Richard Live. Awkwardly being on stage. I feel like the, that's all of that what I'll be doing. For uh, the Women's Ministry Fall Kickoff Brunch. Correct. And we're super excited about it. I think we have also mentioned that we were working on writing a funny kind of promo video. I will tell you that's dead, in, like- the, that's dead in the water. That's yeah. dead in the water, uh, Laura. Um, tell me why. Well, um, <clears throat> I showed it to two people who love me, maybe among, among the people that love me most in the world. Mm-hmm. I showed it to two of them, um, the videos, and tried to, try to like give them, like, here's what we're going for. And they both had like dead eyes and pasted on smiles mm-hmm. <laughs> and no reaction. It was not hard to read that room. Right. And then... They proceeded to tell me, explain to me for 15 minutes why it wasn't funny. And it was maybe the most mortifying thing that I've ever experienced. And I felt like for a second... More than when you yelled at like the... The, the old man ref or the teenage ref? Was it more mortifying he, no, he's than that? Just a, he was just a regular oh, aged ref. normal but, aged. Well, I okay. mean, whatever normal is. Yeah. Anyway, all that to say, I came home, I called Laura, and I was like, if Mary Yarbrough and Annie Mooney don't think it's funny, ain't nobody going to think that's funny. And I said to you, fantastic, we don't have to do that anymore, and they must really love you to be that honest. And tonight... We have a very special guest. Once more, we have Dave Yarbrough and his lovely wife, Mary, joining us. Hello, Dave. Hello, Mary. Are you Dave? Yes. Or well, Dave. Or David. Oh. Yeah, either way. I call you Mr. David in my Mary. head. <laughs> Good. I like that. Yes, Mary. So anyway, I, w- I told Laura for a small second I knew what it was like to be you, like what it's like, how Laura won't listen to the podcast because it's too, like, Cringy. It's too cringy. To hear myself. Like, All the guests are lovely. I never feel cringy when the guests are here. It's just me. It's just you. I cringe in your over own head. My, And I was myself. like, if you, I'm, I'm so glad, Laura, that you didn't have to be in the room when I showed I that to Mary and Annie. Because I'm eternally grateful. <laughs> Laura would have quit the podcast right then. Immediately. I Immediately. I would have questioned everything. I would say being funny is among one of the things I like about myself most. <laughs> and so it would have made me question everything. I know. I mean, except for the love that Mary and Annie must have because they would be they honest. They spared us saying, and they saved us Do from not ourselves. put this out there. They saved You're us better from- than this. <laughs> I did cross the room and ask you if you, you, you 
if you were disappointed. You know, I said, you look really disappointed. I'm so sorry. No, it was just like, wow. And Annie, Annie said, I think y'all have been funnier before. Appreciate that. I appreciate it. I love the honesty. We did say along the way that we now have a new empathy for like sketch comedy writers like Saturday Night Live. That's a hard task Well, to the, find something well, that feels universally funny because you and I thought it was actually pretty funny. We laughed. But maybe it's we laughed at our own ridiculousness. It could be, and the term also, writing is very I, loosely. Oh well, we didn't write used. anything. Right, that's the. That's it was the more a video point. of us trying to write. Something. Uh, yes, and um, and I also think that um, it, it it makes me question like everything that I think is funny about our conversation. Right, maybe no one else thinks it's funny. That's why I don't listen to this. I just want to <laughs> create a narrative in my head. But we do trust the wisdom of other people. It's Which true. is why we have invited these lovely humans to come and join us. Yes. Um, I think that one of the things in my life that I have probably the most self-doubt about that, truth, if I'm being truthful, the enemy can really get at me about, is parenting my children. And I'll have like a personal um, inner meltdown when like Molly Dykstra is like, would you mind talking about like how you're navigating your children's spiritual development and how you're doing family devotionals. And I'm like, yes, I will talk about that, but not right now. <laughs> Give me a month. <laughs> Give me a month. <laughs> to try and do that, and then I'll talk to you about it. Yes. So we wanted to invite people that have walked where we, have, we are walking currently and um, to share some of your wisdom with us. Yes, and we have had many requests to do parenting episodes, mm-hmm. Um and Laura and I feel like anything that we could possibly share is all theoretical in nature um, mm-hmm. because because it, we, it hasn't been fleshed out with adult children yet. That's right. Or I could just share a lot about failures to date. Sure. Successfully. So we were chatting before and um, I, I had a few questions. First, let me ask you this. So I remember when I first had babies... And my mom would try to speak into some parenting things. And I, and I'm sorry, mom, if you're listening, um, I would dismiss her a little bit because I thought, you don't remember what this is like. And now I, and and my oldest is only 13, so I'm not remembering as far back, but I can so clearly remember those early days and, um, and, and how I was feeling and what I was struggling with and, and just diaper changes and middle of the night feedings. I can recall that so quickly. Um, is that true for you guys? Is the early days of your parenting clear to you or does it feel a little foggy? Are you only remembering the best parts? Oh, wow. Um, no, I can remember those days and, um, not having a close relationship with my own mother. Mm. Um, her being there only made it worse. Mm-hmm. And so um, uh, it, we res- resolved some of it before, you know, through the years. But, um, yeah, it was hard. I was very, very close to David's mom, and she was just so supportive, um, especially when one of mine just she wouldn't stop crying for nine months, you know, and I thought, what in the world? And it was just, she was just, she was just there all the time. So, no, and I think I learned a lot from her not to, you know, speaking into my adult children now, my daughter, uh, having her three girls, 
remembering those, you know, what really helped me. Mm-hmm. And I try not to. In fact, when she had her daughters, one of the gifts that I gave them was to uh, give them one night a week uh, that I would just spend the night with mm-hmm. the baby upstairs and let her, you know, she would, um, and, and I would stay with the baby. They called me the night hawk. Mm-hmm. So. The night hawk. <laughs> Um, and and you, those were just, sweet times. So. You guys have two kids. Two kids. And how long were y'all married before you had your first? Uh, five years. Okay. And what was that? Did that throw you for a loop when you had babies? Was Did it feel natural? For me, it felt very natural. Our first was, he was just so easy. And um, I just felt like I was born to be a mom. I loved it. Loved every minute of it. So... Uh, what about you, Mr. David? Yes. <laughs> no, I felt uh, the same way. I mean, it was uh, a really a wonderful experience. And I think that, you know, now I think sometimes reflecting back on things, you see it clearly, more clearly than you do when you're right in the mm-hmm. midst of it, right? Because mm-hmm. it's so easy to really see your failures and also see successes that aren't really successes, you know, you, you haven't really defined that well at, at the early stages. So so I think that uh, our being married for five years before we had children, I think, was helpful for us. Because mm-hmm. we got to know how, we got to know each other and how we responded to different things. But when you throw kids into the mix, it changes everything. Boy, howdy. Yeah, it yeah. really does. So... When you, as your kids aged, and and Kaylin and I like to smugly look at parents of 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 two year olds and three year olds who feel like they're like really in the trenches of parenting, and I'm sure that you look at us and you're like, yeah, you parents of fifteen and thirteen year olds think you're in the trenches. But um, did you were you guys usually aligned in parenting approaches, and what did you do when you kind of weren't on the same page? No. I don't think we were always on the same page. Um, I, when you were talking about how you and Kaylin, you know, parented, I oftentimes uh, felt like, you know, he was heavy-handed as they got older, um, and uh, I was much more. I felt like I was the the buffer sometimes, um, and we'll get into later just kind of how we parented and didn't really. We didn't understand a lot of things about ourselves that mm. we did later um, that I feel like, don't you think we um, probably made a lot of mistakes <laughs> in the way that we parented mm. just because of our own perspective and the th- with the Lord and um, how we thought he saw us mm. as, you know, we were very performance driven and we can get into that more, but no, I think we had to resolve those things in our own minds. So, And what I was saying before we started recording was Kaylin and I can sometimes um, disagree on parenting. He feels like I can let the kids off the hook too easily, and I like to, in my mind, think of it as grace. Mm-hmm. And he can sometimes just um, said it well, can be a little heavy-handed. Um, 
and can call it consistency. Kaylin, I know you're not listening to this, no. but I wasn't saying that you're heavy handed. In general, I was, she was, I was helping. giving her. I was helping her with a word. Yes, and it was. A, <laughs> I didn't say. You know what, Kaylin is. No, well, and yeah. let me tell you, Kaylin would probably take heavy handed as a compliment. <laughs> so I don't think he'd be that bothered by it. But we, I think there's a little bit of truth and a little bit of lie in both of those things. Um, and I think there's a lot of fear in, in us parenting the way that we do. Um, maybe fear of fear that for me that I like, I don't want to hurt the kids by, by coming down on them too hard. I don't want to hurt our relationship by them thinking of us as always just on their case. And Kaylin, I think his is rooted in a little bit of fear of like, well, I don't want them to turn out like jerks and, and think that this is how the world works, that if they whine enough or whatever, they get their way. So, Mr. David, do you agree with Mary's summation of things in those earlier days? Well, after being married for 48 years, I agree with everything That's Mary smart. says. That's smart. That's <laughs> smart. <laughs> yes. Wise, David. Very wise. I once had a friend, um, a, a, an older guy friend of the family give me um, and Kaylin advice about marriage. And he said, you know, you talk it out and one of you always says you're sorry and then your wife says it's okay. That's right. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think the interesting uh, Mary mentioned that we were uh, definitely performance driven uh, as people before we got married, and um, and then also so when you have children, you're somewhat performance. You're not going to change. You're not all of a sudden different people. Um, I think that you then you're looking at how your children are performing. Okay, so I don't... Mm -hmm. You probably don't do that. Oh, <laughs> never. Oh, never. Never, uh, never. But I do think that uh, that's... Um, we just had to be careful of not imposing our, our own self on them. Mm. And we did, I think, for many years. And, uh, uh, and I think that as I... Like, it, do you mean like projecting, like projecting your insecurities or... Once uh, I mean, on it, them, I'm, or what do you what do you mean? Well, by? there's probably some of that too. I mean, I, I can't sort it all out, but I, I think that um, when you have kids and you walk into a room with your kids, you want them to perform in a certain way, mm -hmm. uh, and it's not necessarily for them. Mm -hmm. Like you're saying, you don't want them to turn out one way or the other. I think that what I had to come to grips with, I wanted to, them to perform that way for me. Mm -hmm. That it was more of a selfish. Oh, act. that's really <laughs> convicting. I, I hate that what happens. Yeah, and it took me a lot of years to get there to understand that I was wanting them to perform to make me look better. Mm -hmm. And uh, and I think that that's where, you know, if I could, you know, go back and do anything again, I would I would try not to do that. Mm -hmm. And uh, but there's just a certain amount of that that's wrapped up in the personality of who you are. Sure. And you know, I think. We all have to understand who we are. I think that's a key component. And you understand what truth is. And you really don't understand what truth is unless you know who God is sure. and what his word says. And so this, it's a complex um, journey that you that you get on. And as a, a parent, you just you, you don't engage at all those levels early on. Sure. And, and now we have, you know, grandkids that are your kid's age. You know, they're 14, 12, and seven and you know our our kids are parenting differently than we did they're doing a great job and 
I think. David, something you said that to me is kind of nuanced too, uh, is um, like that you want them to perform a certain way because of like kind of how it makes you look. I I had a a recent experience. I had a recent experience with my teenage daughter. (laughs) That was like one of the best. Those are the best. Uh, No, uh, but it, it was sort of funny because I think there's two things that two like so. And I mean, isn't that like the Christian walk period is that like we can be righteous and sinful at the same time. And like, so it's like, so I can have mixed motives. So when Lydia sassed me in the dentist office, I, um, I kept my cool, continued to talk to the receptionist at the dentist office. And as we were walking out the door quietly to my daughter, I said, don't ever speak to me like that in public again. I don't, I, I, that was incredibly rude. I don't deserve to be t- spoken to like that. All of those things are true. And she really did need to like, you know, she has to, I was like, you're in, in three years, you're going to be an adult and you cannot, you cannot be that rude to people. You just can't. Um, but also to your point, I was embarrassed because she did it in front of the, like I was embarrassed because she did it in front of mm-hmm. the receptionist at the dentist. And that, I mean, and it's like, that's what's so hard, I think, about parenting is like, sometimes like, I do actually want you to learn the lesson, but I might be reacting stronger or less, like, I might be reacting because of how that makes me feel about myself or... Or about your image. Or about my image. Never do I speak through clenched teeth to my children more severely or maybe grab an arm as I've been known to do in the aisles of DBC, yank them down the um, Then when I feel embarrassed by them, then mm-hmm. when and 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 there is th- this um, image thing that I struggle with of wanting things to look really good from the outside. We have it together. My kids are well behaved. They they get along like angels, sure. which is but also I can't even fake but that also in I anymore. think that Lydia. And Hank will have much better and easier lives if they learn to be polite. And so, like, it, there's like, some so there's truth, truth in there too. Yeah, yes, yeah. like well, I want like, you, I want them to treat each other kind. At the end of the day, I want them to treat each other kind, and I, I do want our family to look lovely from the outside. I think that boosts that, our witness. Yeah. I, I, I think that that I want our family to be. But I want our family to be lovely, not just. That's right, look and that's lovely. what I tell my. That's what I've been telling my, especially my teenage daughter lately and my my 10 year old who feels like a teenage daughter um that if you just put it on on the outside and 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 because I always feel like I'm bragging but this is just fact my kids get lots of accolades and like they'll get the athlete of the year thing and they get the fantastic falcon Laura and and Kaylin have a fantastic marriage and our marriage is wonderful (laughs) but they do but I think they they try for those things and, and I've been telling them, like, if this is not your true heart, if you put on your best self outside and it's not, you don't have it for your family, then it doesn't count and it's kind of fake. And that can be, that can feel like an idol, that image thing. And then I go into the mental fetal position and I'm like, they got it from me. <laughs> That's my fault, which is true. So I love that y'all are bringing that up because... Um, I like to tell clients who are coming to me for parenting, like, well, don't parent out of embarrassment, you know, take your time. And if you're doing it, you know, 
just in private, then you're missing half of the opportunities to correct this behavior well in public. But I don't follow my own advice. Mm. You know, I, I can't recall where I heard it. Um, recently, it was like, are you raising rule followers or did we raise rule followers or did we raise uh, Christ followers, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. And I think, you know, there's a fine line, just like what you're saying there, mm -hmm. because teaching them obedience is probably one of the best things we can do. Mm -hmm. But that's where, you know, God smiles on them when they are obedient, but obedient to him, not just doing it out of the expectations that their parents have. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it, it's got to be a heart thing. Sure. And I don't know that we addressed it from a heart. Uh, I think we were maybe you're, you guys age when we really got that ourselves. And so uh, we were talking about that today. God was just faithful in spite of who we how we parented, you know, the same God that was sovereign in our life is was sovereign in our own kids. And we just see the fruit of that now as both of them are walking with the Lord. And there were some bumpy, bump, there was bumpy rides there, you know, for them as adults. But, um, yeah. You said that things started to shift a little bit for you guys as in you, when you were in our stage, what, what changed and how did that happen? Well, it, it really, we just were broken. We just went through a period of brokenness where, um, you know, we had a wonderful life we, that we, we had built, and then God broke it and mm -hmm. took it all away. And uh, because he, he valued uh, our hearts, uh, our um, a relationship with us more than he did all those things. We thought that if we did all of these things, we were doing things for God. He doesn't really need us to do things for Him, and we didn't. We didn't completely get that, mm. and so He had to to um, do some work in our lives. You know, it's um, uh, and I've, I've mentioned this before when we talked, and and I think that um, the brokenness. Uh, you know, it's like in Psalm fifty-one, it says, "You know, what God desires is a broken and contrite spirit." Mm. He's not looking for sacrifices. Mm -hmm. uh, and um, so we didn't understand what that meant at that time when we were, you know, in our 40s. Mm -hmm. And uh, it's become much clearer uh, in the last 25 years. <laughs> and our kids were in high school when that right. happened. And uh, just, they saw um, the impact of that. And, and also, I think, just a new respect for you, especially David, you know, just the way that um, you were so vulnerable with them for the first time, and they'd never seen that, and it was uh, um, frightening and beautiful all at the same time. Because you know, as a dad, them. you kind of think, you know, as a young dad, uh, you think you need to show that you have it all together, right? And um, that you're in control, and there's, there's uh, everyone, you know deals with that in a little bit of a different way. Not everyone's the same. But for me, control meant that I was, they could trust me because I was, you know, I was disciplined and control and I was providing. And I, but I really, what uh, I needed to be showing them is that they could trust God. Mm -hmm. 
And he would provide. Mm-hmm. So I kind of had two strikes, and I fouled the next one off, and, I, and God gave <laughs> me another uh, turn at bat, I think, to where uh, uh, I think the vulnerability uh, was something, it was a word that mm-hmm. uh, that really men of my generation didn't really speak of very often. Mm-hmm. Vulnerability yeah. meant weakness. Yes, mm-hmm. and so... When you're weak, he's strong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I do think there is a, a stigma about that, especially for men. And especially yeah. for, I, I think, men in general, but men in your culture that, yeah, yeah, being vulnerable, talking about your feelings, exposing weaknesses was not a, a value What, what culture all. are you referring to? Old people. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, didn't you give me... Ouch. These she, are the she, coolest people. They had Elton John sing to them, so... I know. Well, and I, did, I believe, like, the last time that we had you on, Mary, I kept, like, I kept, like, referring to, like, your age group or, or, or something like that, and Laura kept giving me crap about it the whole time. Anyway, that's why that's why Thank I, that's you. why I, Thank I, I do you, not Laura. think you're old. Thank um, you. I think y'all are the greatest generation. And I really appreciate you saying that. <laughs> the greatest generation. She, she just that. called y'all the she greatest generation. She just called y'all the that greatest. That was before us. That was a generation <laughs> that's before the us. That those served in World War II. Sorry, Laura. Wow, man. That okay, podcast I title, did not the greatest I, generation. Oh. Done and done. I did not link those two things. I did not mean that okay mary and Anywho. david yarborough are not 98 years old just so y'all know just really derailed a sweet my, moment my friend uh, tim mcmanus uh came to the bed now that's who you should interview oh that's that's a story okay uh, and um so tim came to the better man study the men's bible study at uh dallas bible and and so he showed up. He says, why is this better man? He says, I was pretty committed to just being an okay man. <laughs> so, so I was like, I said, so I think that we're from the okay generation. The okay generation. Not, not the, the world's greatest, okayest we're just the generation. Okayest generation, right. So um, when, when, when I, I was a first grade teacher for four years before I had kids. So I had like. Well, with me, the first grade was the four toughest years of my life, too. The four toughest years <laughs> Jessica's Jessica, one of Jessica's nine lives, nine so, careers. Yes, one of my nine careers. But because because of that, and because like of like like a degree in Christian education, like I felt like I was really well equipped to be a mother. And I had like I was I, a great had, mom before I was a mom. Oh no, kidding! But I had ideas about like I, like I had philosophies of discipline. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I had fleshed out a philosophy of discipline and all this stuff. So, Did before, you write them down? Um, I, well, David, it was just, I'm not, She probably had a PowerPoint presentation about well, it. Well, slash, let's just go with it. <laughs> I, had a, I, had a, I had a little... I had a rough outline in my mind. But the main, the, main, the main thing that Kyle and I kind of... The, the, like, the main message in early childhood for our children was never correct anything you're not willing to get up and stop. Like, so if, if, so never say no, if you don't mean no, if you, if you're, if you don't have enough energy to get up off the couch and stop them from doing it, do not say no. So that was my, that was pretty much my, my philosophy. So a lot of, a lot of yes happened in my house because I might not have had the ability to say no, or or I did not have the will to, to stop. 
But when I said no, I got up off the couch. I, I physically stopped whatever was happening to the point that like when the one time, um, my, ki- my kids, I think were generally compliant, like just that, that they are, they have, Ky- they have more Kyle in them than me. <laughs> And, and they just have convenient behaviors that like my dog is even like that. Like everyone in my family is easygoing except me. And, um, and so I do think that that there was something to that, but there was, I I just didn't have like real defiant two year olds. Like, so I remember one time when Hank was four years old, three or four years old, and we had people over at the house and I told him to stop doing something and he screamed no at me. He had never done that before. And I just stood up. I didn't say a word. I just stood up and he fell on the ground (laughs) in front of me. And he said, I didn't mean it. I didn't mean it. And I didn't even spank him. Like I don't, I didn't even spank the kids. I just, I just, like I didn't stop it. So in, (laughs) that's just as bougie watch. I know. Anyway, I, so I felt like I was like winning at motherhood. And then my oldest child turned 13. Mm. And like, um, like all of these years where I felt like I had built this, like, like respect with them where they like, they understood that like, I was going to say yes a lot more than I was going to say no but if I, if I said no, that there were real reasons and I meant it and I, like I had 17 reasons why that wasn't a great idea and they would like see the wisdom of everything that I said. And then I had a 13 year old girl and it was way different. Mm. That was a huge head snapping transition for me. Did y'all experience that Yarbrose? Well, um, it, it, both were pretty compliant, don't you think? I mean, until Elizabeth, oh, I just said her name. Um, Sorry, Elizabeth. She won't. She won't listen. And so, we can beep it out like you said a cuss word. <laughs> uh, so foul mouth, yeah, Mary Yarbrough. Yeah. She she was very very social. Still is. She just did you know FOMO. Just didn't want to miss a thing. And so when. Um, you know, we had the talk with her that, you know, she couldn't really date until she was 16. Do you want to tell that? Mm-hmm. Okay. Then you can jump in and tell the rest. I'll okay. set it up. And so, <laughs> tee them up. Tee them up. I'm going to tee them up. Okay. And so it was just kind of like, we, and we were on the same page with that. It was just like 16, you know, we don't want you to leave the house. You can hang with friends. It's not a big deal. But going on one-on-one dates with a guy in their car can't happen until you're 16. And then David said, and, and he also said, we'd really like for you to stay within your age group and just, you know, that's just kind of where our lane, that's where we would like. No, no dating the greatest generation. And no dating the greatest generation. No 20 year olds can't bring a 20 year old home. And so she was 15 when we were having this conversation and what happened the next day? Do you remember? The next you, day. Keep going. You, you go. Oh, and so, so uh, the next day, this kid shows up at our house. His hair is longish and not, you know, just kind of not 
engaging us mm. at all, but it's clear that he wants to see our daughter. And we're like, you know, we're asking questions with to her, not with him. Um, he's a year older. I mean, the very, very next day. And so she brings this 16-year-old home. And it's just like, how can this happen? And so she was always kind of pushing the limits to that. Um, as it turned out, um, that little punk that David tried to run don't, off. Don't call him a punk. I love him. And I have nicknames for him. They've been married 17 years now. 17. <laughs> We've had him for 25 years. Stop it. Is it oh, really your husband? Oh, my gosh. Yeah. Yes. It is. This is our sweet Justin. Oh, that's hilarious. And we adore him. But With at the his time, irresponsible David, hair. Yeah. Irresponsible hair, and it, the Meet the Fockers had just come out, and so tell you they, take they over. I don't know what that movie. Meet is. the oh, Fockers. Oh, I, I know yeah. what Meet. I'm of so. a, I'm of a great generation too. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, you know, I think that I just wanted to. You know, your kids think that they know a lot, right? As mm-hmm. they get older, they really know a lot more, and. Um, I don't think that they are able to process information as well as they think they can. And so they still need us, but they don't. They're at that that intersection where they don't feel like they really do. They but don't even, know what they don't know. Mm-hmm. I've heard that. That's. Can I quote you? <laughs> sure. <laughs> no, I, there's uh, no different than when you had a baby. You, you know, you were, you know, you're going to do the mom thing on your own. Mm-hmm. And so... So the, there's just those steps along the way, and um, it all worked out. And I think that um, looking back, I, th- I think I would have probably been less uh, strict, uh, and I don't know if Mary would have been more strict or not. I think we would we would have probably come a little bit more to the middle, mm-hmm. as opposed to typically when disagreements happen, people think they understand the disagreement, then everybody runs to the edges. And defends their position, mm-hmm. and then their position isn't even doesn't really matter what the solution mm-hmm. is. So the solution is somewhere in between the. We two have positions. tendencies to live in the extremes. Right, oh, we do. That's good. And yeah. So, and uh, just as a married life, it, it doesn't work well. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're you're born for conflict if that's what you do. If you got to continue to find the middle ground. So, and then with our kids, I, I think we early on. Um, I try not to tell our kids what to do, like with things. Just even something as simple as going out to eat. But when they learned how to read, we let them order their own dinner. Mm-hmm. Then they had to eat it, mm-hmm. and then if they didn't like it, then they that's what they had. Mm-hmm. So it's more of a choice, consequence, change. Those natural consequences because, are great teachers. Because what happens is, is that if you're making all the choices for them and it doesn't go well, then it's your fault. Mm-hmm. Uh, if they're making the choices and it doesn't go well, it's their fault. Mm-hmm. And the chances are, early on, forget 15, but 10, 5, whatever, they're probably going to make some choices that don't turn out well. Mm-hmm. So you have to give them... Opportunities. S- along the way mm-hmm. to to understand that they, they might need some help. Yeah. You know? and, and little choices for little people and bigger choices for bigger people. Right, right. And I, I, I really appreciate what you said about um, being a, a broken man and that you walked that out transparently in front of your kids, that right. you let them see that same thing in your life. Right. Like, And I, you know, 
that there are are consequences we have to walk through and that and not that you did anything wrong or anything but just that this is how I'm going to walk through this really hard season this is how I'm going to walk through Mm -hmm. and I'm going to search for where God is in it and this is how I'm going to walk through with honesty in front of you instead of you know trying to Mm -hmm. protect you from it I want you to see what God's doing too even though it's hard I think that that's, there's no question about that. And really, the thing that we do wrong is pride. Mm, oh, pride is the real that's issue. The, that's yes. the real enemy. And um, so I think that um, I think they saw that. I think that they saw that I was broken, and, uh, and God had humbled me, and I really sought to follow Him, and and that really kind of made parenting much easier. Mm-hmm. Don't you think? It did uh, until Elizabeth. Came home with the sixteen-year-old, <laughs> that dumb long hair. Well, and I think I I think that kids respect honesty, yeah. and and I, I I think that they can appreciate. I think it's great when kids learn early that their parents are human. Right. That's a, and mm-hmm. and and it is pride that. But we had that we had that from them for a long time. Well, I, I think I, they can I, handle it, but right? Until you know they they were. At a place where they could. There's um, some developmentally appropriate right. ways to yeah. do that it was, with your children. God seemed to know exactly Isn't when that they crazy could handle how that. he yeah, does that. It I is. Don't quite get it yet, <laughs> but I do think that that pride thing. I mean, I can feel that in lots of areas of mm. my life, including parenting. Um, so when y'all, so it sounded like y'all with your daughter were had had some kind of like firm firm boundaries and she liked to kind of push the edges of that did y'all shift your parenting style did or did or no i i want you tell them the uh meet the fokker story you oh, know yeah. how y'all oh, yes. yeah we and are. this was after I, I don't know the story you're talking about well just when justin you know we all went to watch meet the fokkers together and he identified that you were jack and he was Fokker and <laughs> the male nurse. Yes. And you know how <laughs> tough Jack was. Um, and you, he felt that way. He felt like you were. And just cause I called her daughter pancakes. I didn't know what <laughs> You've got to watch it. Now. I've seen it. Mary, so, Mary, I've seen, yes. I've seen meet the parents, but yes. we adore him. He is the best daddy. He's the yes, best he's husband to her. And you know, it was, he is a year older, which nothing now, but uh, at the time it just seemed, you know, we were going through so much and then it was just like, oh my gosh, now she's not even following this. And so finally it was like, a, but he kept coming around. And so David finally, I think it was like a month before she turned 16, said, okay, you can leave the house together. No, no, I, you know, no, you follow. I, I took them out for dinner. Oh, Aww. that's what it was. Yeah. And I told, and I said, I want to take you to dinner. The two of them, they're nervous. It was just, you know, it's hilarious. And so I said, I just want you to know that I've, I've really uh, appreciated how you've handled yourself. And mm-hmm. um, I know that, you know, Elizabeth is about to be 16, but I mean, with all the, it's off now. She can date anytime she wants because you've, you know, I, I trust you. And uh, so the next day they broke up. <laughs> did they really? They did. Yeah. Stop it. Yeah. 
It's crazy when you give them what they want. Sometimes it's not what <laughs> they want. She's like, dang, really that was part of the appeal. It was a weird, yeah. Oh, weird that's thing. really funny. <laughs> so anyway, but they got back together and et cetera. So. Anyway. Well, and I like that you were willing to to be flexible. Yeah, right. Like that that you it can be easy to get very rigid in parenting it, it too, especially when your personality is to be consistent and to follow through and be performance driven. You know, mm-hmm. I want to perform well. I want the, them to re- and I want their performance to be good. Where reflect on me, you know, the whole whole picture. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. You, you don't realize how beautiful brokenness is. Mm-hmm. You know, in uh, in the Christian world. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think I mentioned this last time, but Aaron gave a, an example of a, a, a kitsugi bowl. Uh-huh. You know what that mm-hmm. is? So it's a bowl yes. that in Japan. They make it, and it's a perfect, beautiful bowl. Then they drop it, and they put it back together with gold, and it's more beautiful and more valuable. And I think that that's basically kind of the message mm-hmm. of where our life is. And your kids are not going to lead perfect lives. They're going to... They're gonna be broken mm-hmm. at some point in time. Some some mm-hmm. are broken younger, and some are broken later. Mm-hmm. But it, but brokenness comes knocking at everyone's door uh, because it breaks down the pride in our lives, mm-hmm. so that we will then, you know, seek God. David, I've heart. I've shared this before on the podcast. I'm pretty sure. Um, but like as I, as I've said, I only, I only have a couple of good stories, and everybody that knows me knows them all. And this isn't even my story, but I think I've shared this when we were doing the Breaking Free study, the Beth Moore Breaking Free study. She talked uh, about one time her husband was referring to just some trauma, brokenness in his past, and he said to her, "I wonder, I I wonder what I would have been like if if this." hadn't happened to me. I wonder what kind of man I would have been. Um, and she's, and she's, she said to him, uh, you're, you're better healed than just plain healthy. Mm-hmm. And, um, it's true. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Isn't that a good word? Mm-hmm. That is. Now is the time, if you want to bring up Jackson Wolsey's, um, no, I was just thinking, sermon I was just thinking it would be a great time to bring yeah, that in. Thank you. I was thinking about, um, <laughs> Laura's mentioned it oh in gosh. every single podcast this season. Jackson, I loved your message. Um, <laughs> I was I'm just gonna, thinking, I would them. like to experience the results <laughs> yeah. of brokenness without the process of being broken. Oh, that's my, yes. That's and like, also, I saw a meme years ago, early in parenting that said, um, Dear God, please give me patience, not opportunities to develop my patience, just the actual stuff. <laughs> just, just, just I just want point. you to give it to me without me actually having to practice it or develop oh, yeah. that. And, I, and, you know, when, when, my, when my kids have experienced failure or loss or, in, you know, any, any kind of struggle, um, I try to remind myself that... Um, this is like this is the stuff of life that makes you not an a hole. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I'm like, it's just so hard. It's it's so hard to watch. I want to protect them from all yes. of that. Yeah, I mean, it's so hard to watch your kids hurt. Mm-hmm. It's uh, yeah, it, it is. It, as they age and they're going to hurt, still, it's even harder. Mm-hmm. That's what I feel like. It's a trajectory of bigger like... Bigger hurts for bigger... They're mm-hmm. bigger hurts as yeah. they get older. Mm-hmm. So it's it's like people ask me, what would you have done different with your kids? I said, 
I'd have probably let them play in traffic more. <laughs> and all that means, I don't mean I would push them in front of a car. I'm just saying that I would have probably Your DBC not. elder, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> I would have Wisdom prob- from I would David have probably, <laughs> I would have probably not to try to have them be per- take perfect mm-hmm. steps, let them fall and skin their mm-hmm. knee. Yeah. And, and things like that, and tear their pants. Mm-hmm. It's not going to. Ref- Again, if you think it's going to reflect on you, then the, your your motive is different. If you realize the trajectory they're on, you allow certain things to happen because they'll learn. You know. And 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 this is another one that you share frequently, and I love it. And we've said it this season on the podcast, but just those broken pieces, those those jagged edges. Um, they give people something to cling to, mm. to make you more relatable, to make your witness stronger, um, to give you better perspective, to understand people. Like you were saying, like if you're just healthy all the time, your whole life, and you haven't stumbled and skinned a knee, you lack some empathy. Um, I think you, I, for me, I know it'd be real easy for me to forget I need God, to forget that I have to be fully dependent and not rely on my own strength because I've been repeatedly reminded I cannot. And, um, and when I try, I will fail 100% of the time. Um, that, that idea is, I, 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 I don't know if I've said this on the podcast, but that idea was first fleshed out in me reading Gone with the Wind and watching the movie Gone with the Wind. Have y'all, have y'all seen this movie or read the book? Yes. I was Scarlett O'Hara you, in a drama. Okay, so I feel like that should be y'all's next oh, Halloween costume. Oh, I can totally costumes. see you as Scarlett. And here you're going to prove my point, Mary. Who, 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 what character do you like best in Gone with the Wind? Oh well, Scarlet it's hard. O'Hara. Hard for hard to if you're Scarlett, it's hard to point out someone else. But mm-hmm. now, you know that was in another life. Okay, so but I'm just, now but, I kind of like. Mm, Mammy. Okay. Oh, I, oh, yeah. I like Mammy too. Okay, but I'm gonna say you. The, to me, the only characters that would be the ones that you love the best. Mammy. Uh, Mammy's a good character, but in fact, I always quote Mammy. There she was in the corner, sitting there waiting like a spider. Um, anyway, um, <laughs> but um, but Rhett and Scarlet, who were far from perfect, but they're likable. There's a character in the movie, Melanie. Oh gosh! Oh, no. Right, Mary. Right. Yeah. And and, and no. did Melanie ever Weak do anything Melanie. wrong? Oh, nope. No. No, she was perfect. And what I think that is the she's it, not relatable. She, there's nothing relatable about that because it and and maybe it's because it rings false. Maybe Melanie really is perfect, but so many of us and Jessica Denny is raising her hand high are so far from perfect that I can't even, I can't even get about you if I, like, if I think you're that perfect. And again, not, not because it's, it's just because it's like, it's so far from who I am. It's so far. And, and so, so anyway, it's, it, it is sort of funny that we all have these pride things that want to show our best selves that wants to look so good for other people when really what attracts us to other people is their brokenness. Mm-hmm. What attracts us to them is their flaws. And especially I think their adorable in, foibles. That's right. And I think especially in parenting, I, I, when when people were in when we were in groups and people were honest about i am i am drowning here i i am you, well, you and i comparing stories about teenagers i'm like oh my gosh 
somebody who gets it, like to, to the, that level of honesty, the flawed. I am not doing this well. I lost. I lost it. Children last are night not falling my at my feet when I stand up anymore. That I, doesn't yes, happen to me. That's now. right. Like I have a I, somebody in my family. Like a kid is struggling with anxiety, and when somebody else is like me too, and I have no idea what I'm doing, that that knits me with other people. Um, that honesty, and I think that comes from brokenness. Mm-hmm. That that piece where you realize I do not even come close to having it all together and we can call that good because I don't have to, mm-hmm. I don't have to have it all together. You know, we're, it's interesting that we're getting together today to the day after independence day. Mm. I think as believers, we should celebrate dependence day Amen. because I think that there's um, just as I'm reading through the gospels uh, mm. this year and uh, just about how Jesus, uh, really didn't say anything unless he got the words from his father. Mm. He submitted himself completely. Submission is a lost word in our society today. Of, uh, how do we submit to each other? Uh, husbands to wives and wives to husbands. Children to parents, parents to children. And how do you take a submissive posture uh, and survive? I mean, it's an interesting dynamic. But it calls, causes you to to seek God and all you do. And it, and it models for your kids, this is how you really live. You learn how to seek God hmm. in everything you do. Mm-hmm. And, you, and you search his word for truth, and you let that truth build your life. Don't let the lies of society build your life because that life will crumble. And there's a certain amount that's going to happen anyway because you're living in the world. But, uh, you know, you just got to continue to model that. And I think as we parent now, as our grown children who are 43 and 40, 40, 40 um, that uh, the key thing is this, we model to them every day how we live. Mm-hmm. And is this is mm-hmm. what we say who we are or is it something else? Sure. And so that's what we, our goal would be that. And I I know that Mary and Laura probably had multiple phone calls from me at the beginning of last year when my oldest was entering uh, high school. And there were just some transition things and some hurts with some friends. Um, And then, of course, like, you know, she was having a series of unfortunate events following her around getting COVID right before volleyball tryouts. She just, you know, it was Mm -hmm. like whatever could whatever could go wrong seemed to be going wrong and and deep friendships that had been you know since infancy almost like there were some pains and struggles in there and um I mean it was really just heart heart heart-wrenching for me with her because I just wanted I just wanted to like rescue her out of that like and 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 there was just not a lot to do and I do I did have like some sweet moments with her where I did like where we like did listening prayer and I had maybe the most unwilling participant of listening prayer that ever was in that mm-hmm. child. But it was so it was so it was so beautiful because um even even with an unwilling participant I like when I was listening to God I could say the words on her behalf. Mhm. Mm-hmm. And could see them, and could mm-hmm. see them touching her, and could see them, 
like I could see the Lord like work out forgiveness for a friend and healing in her heart and and it did make me kind of um grateful for that opportunity mm. that like like an opportunity to like to 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 show to my child like I don't just kind of mean it about prayer I don't just kind of mean it about our relationship with the Lord like he he's got words for us and they will heal us mm-hmm. And I'm walking that out in front of you yes. and practicing mm-hmm. it and mm-hmm. showing you that I really believe it, not just believe it in theory. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And I, anyway, so it made me kind of, kind of kind of go, can we have a couple more of these while she's in high school? But maybe not this bad. <laughs> just maybe more sp- spread out. Yes. Mm-hmm. So as you guys... Can as you guys... As, as, as you have guys seen... Is, thank you. Let's, uh, let's just let's clean it up a little bit. Has you okay, guys? We can cut this part. We can, <laughs> we can fix my 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 language in post. You, both of your children, you said, are believers, and are walking with the Lord. Um, and that doesn't mean it's perfect, and that doesn't mean it's all sunshine and rainbows. What do you think, looking back, was the best way to develop that in them, or to plant those seeds, which obviously you had complete control over. Obviously, <laughs> of course. Well, first of all, thank you for bringing up the word rescue. It just, you know, before you even said it, the word rescue was just going over and over and over mm. in my mind. And I thought, you know, there's so many times we, even as adult kids, we mm-hmm. want to rescue them. We want mm-hmm. to, it, it goes beyond the expectations we have of them. It goes beyond, you know, how they represent us. Mm -hmm. It just goes beyond. It's just like you just don't want them Mm -hmm. to hurt. Suffer. Exactly Mm -hmm. what you were saying. And um, yet the Lord is just saying, but this is the only way that they are going to know me intimately. And I love him more than you do. Yes. So trust me. Oh, how many times has he reminded me of that? And so thank you for bringing up the word rescue. Um, Well, and then it allows him to rescue them. Yes. He's, yeah. (laughs) Over and over. I want them, you know, I want them to know that Mm -hmm. I am their rescuer. I am their deliverer. I am the one that sets them on. Are you speaking for the Lord, not Mary? Yeah, Yarbrough. no, no, not Mary Yarbrough. <laughs> yes, exactly. Just because so, you're fe- speaking in first person, mm-hmm. I, yeah, I exactly. That you were not that I, not that I know what He says, yes, but, but I do know what He says yes. over us. So um, you want them. To I'm know glad that, he, that I can't remember what your question was now, but, no, but I, I had to good. rewind there. Well, I think so. that partially answers my question too. Is um, you know, I was asking how you kind of facilitated or created an environment for them to develop their faith. Um, and I think that is part of it is, is letting, making space to point out where God's doing what he does best and that mm-hmm. he does love them more than you love them and um, is taking care of them. And that doesn't always mm-hmm. come in the form of us protecting them at any mm-hmm. cost. I think too, just and when, one of the things that uh, DBC has done very well through the years, 
uh, way back then and now is um, to um, advocate and to come alongside our kids. We had a, it, it was used to be, I don't know if it's even, if y'all even know what Diggs is, it's a discipleship. We, um, Gretchen, yeah. does it stand for something? Gretchen yeah. Foley was on a couple weeks ago yeah. and you haven't heard that because we haven't released her podcast yet, but I go into a, I go into um, Kyle's new acronym for the Mohawk Dad Stop. Group. Stop now. <laughs> because of Diggs. That's yeah, there you go. It. But you know what it yeah. stands for. What? Because Gretchen didn't know. And we were like, maybe it's just dig deeper into Christ. But, or, mm. No, disciples in growth. growth. Yeah. Mm. Disciples in growth. So, I mean, trusting other adults that you know can speak truth into them. Mm-hmm. I think that that, you do that. Y'all do that. And and I think that that's so important. You We were always, you know, how many mission trips are we going with that? Oh, goodness, y'all. Taking a group of kids out yes. of the country and then find, how many times? Four times? Three, mm. four times. And then hearing the stories 10 years later, all of the shenanigans that went on. Mm-hmm. I'm thinking, what? Were the Yarboroughs not the best chaperones ever? Uh, well, we thought we were. <laughs> Till we heard some of the mm-hmm. stories, but oh my goodness! Um, again, God is protecting them. But um, just I think trusting other um, in, in younger than us mm-hmm. that to speak truth into them. And Elizabeth and and Philip are still, you know, connected to those um, people that oh, spoke deep. truth into. I mean, Buddy Lyles, the pastor at Allen Bible, was. You know, Phillips' um, youth, youth uh, was in his digs group, and then also Gordon McDaniel, and um, he's a pastor, and mm-hmm. it was just great. And then Elizabeth had Ann Key, and just just really neat uh, people that just really spoke truth into them, and to to be able to trust that and back off and let them have that relationship with them, not asking questions, but just trusting that. Um, they're being cared for. I think that's one th- one thing. Can you think of any other ways? Well, I think that there's. Um, I think we encourage them to own their own faith, mm-hmm. not just have our faith. <clears throat> and I think that. Um, and then they had to they had to find that out on their own. They had to read the Bible for themselves. Mm-hmm. They were they were involved in Awanas when they were young. They you know had the God's word in their heart. They went to Christian mm-hmm. schools, went to you know youth group and all of those type of things. That doesn't make them anything, but it gives them the information mm-hmm. and exposes them to God's Word and, and God's people, which I think is a good thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, then, you know, they were you know involved in Dallas Bible. Mm-hmm. And both of them, you know, really, you know, didn't always follow that. You know, when they went to college and things change, as you, you both were in college, and mm-hmm. it's... It's somewhat we different. both were in college. I mean, uh, OSU would ask if I was there, but I was. Yeah, I just right. didn't go to class. But yeah. <laughs> so anyway, I so, but they 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 made it through all of that, and they still hold on to their faith today. I think that really is about God's faithfulness. It's not about a lot that we did. I think we did what we thought we were that were the right things. I. I quote, use this quote a lot from Maya Angelou. She says, do what you uh, know to do, uh, and then when you know better, do better. 
Mm-hmm. So oh, you just yeah. you just kind yeah. of like uh, adjust from that. So I think that we've we've tried to do that, and then they had them own their own faith. I think that's the key thing, mm-hmm. and trust that God is going to honor the faith that He's placed in their hearts, mm-hmm. uh, and their trust in Jesus. He's not going to let go of them. And, and gotta, I and I think that. that that what I'm hearing you guys say too is you dedicated time and space to say this is a priority. Right. We're going to be at church. We want you to be involved in the in the youth. We want you to make connections in this place. We want to give you freedom to own your own faith. Like we're not having this right. like rigid we're doing, you know, everybody has to have a quiet time at this time right. every day. Yeah. But where, you know, and and time in a family and when you're working and going to school and all that stuff is valuable. So to dedicate something valuable and to say this is this is a time for the Lord, that goes a long way. And that doesn't mean you get out of praying with your family. I'm telling myself this. It doesn't mean you get out of of doing doing stuff as a family that um, encourages growth in your walk with the Lord and where you let them know what you're doing in your own personal life. But I think that encourages them owning it, and it is, again, where you're leading by example and saying this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to spend our time this is where we're going to be consistent, and this really matters. Yeah, and, you know, I, I've, I've had a couple of different people approach me after um, Amanda Snazzle's interview. I've, did you, did you, have you? I did. It was so, so great. And one of the things that I think was so beautiful was, one, that she got her eyes opened on on, on what, what what her mom actually did for her, um, and, and that wasn't what she thought, but I, but I, what I also love was like that, like what I, what I love in Amanda's life is that that God worked that out in the in the sense of like no matter even though her mom actually did far more than she thought that she had done, um, Amanda God protected Amanda. Think with, with Amanda growing up not feeling like she had been protected, like God still protected her that so that it wasn't so much what her mother had done or didn't do, but what God stepped in and did yeah. right to, to protect her. And, um, and I have, I've had two different people, um, approach me since that interview. W- one whose child has kind of gone through something similar to Amanda and one whose child had been involved in, you know, mm. um, you know, doing, doing something that they thought and ought not. But, um, but both of those, both of those moms came to me, said, Hey, I, I listened to that interview and it was it, like, it was such a, a great comfort to me to, to, to realize that like my best is good enough because it's not what really what I'm doing. It's what God's doing. Mm-hmm. It's like God's, and again, that doesn't, that doesn't relieve us from the burden of doing what we're called to do. It's just that he's bigger than our mistakes. He's bigger mm-hmm, than our, true. he's mm. bigger than the great things we do in parenting. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that really he is in control and mm-hmm. he can, he can protect our kids in a way that we can't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I want the credit for doing that. <laughs> sure. Of course. <laughs> no, but that's, I, I, I do. I, I have struggled with that pride thing. And, and at the end of the day, I'm like, I want it. And I, I said this on the podcast too. Um, 
I just really want God to be real and his bigness to be real for my kids. Um, that it wouldn't be a theoretical God, that it wouldn't be the, that their faith would not be just because of my faith or Kaylin's faith. Um, but that God, they would see God woven throughout their story and that mm-hmm. his, his, he would be just really, really real to them. And I know that's not a profound way to put it, but it is. I just want them to know, um, how much he loves them. Well, I think the way for them to know that is that he's really, really real to you mm-hmm. and to Caleb. And I think that that's for us. I think that probably where it took a turn. I think we were more performance-oriented, more pride-driven. And once he broke us in multiple ways, he broke us a little bit differently. But um, I think they, they began to see us model it better. Mm-hmm. I, don't th- I think we got it wrong for a long time. Mm. It was, it, we were trying to teach them something we didn't know. Ooh, and yeah. that's that's. Ooh, yeah, that's that'll good preach. Stuff. That'll preach, David Yarbrough. <laughs> that's good. Um, okay, final question. As your children have become adults, and this, um, this is a little off script. We didn't talk. We're just going to see what happens. See what happens. Um, <laughs> how have how have you guys taken care of your marriage when? The he- like, the thick of parenting, the in the trenches of parenting, shifted into parenting adults. Do you even parent adults? Oh yeah. It's just com- it's much more complicated. I you know uh, I mean. I don't even know if I have words. Um, You're a parent I, and a friend and a mentor. You Lots are. And, you know, as far as our marriage, I think that um, because of where we came through during their teenage years, we're much more on the same page. And the difficulties that they have gone through now, um, especially our son and He's, you know, in an amazing place now, uh, but went through a very, very difficult uh, 12 years. And um, we prayed. That's all we, you know, I say that's all we could do, but you know what? It's the best thing Mm -hmm. you can do. Mm -hmm. And parenting is... I think even more difficult. Mm-hmm. I hate to tell you that mm-hmm. <laughs> when they're adults, but um, you know, at that point, you're not expecting so much, or that word expectations. There's very, there's no more expectations on them. You just love them, and you just um, you want the best, and um, you just. Seeing them hurt, you can't step in and rescue rescue anymore. You begin to love them like God loves them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, cause that's, that's good. Because really, quite honestly, the first 14 years were a breeze. Mm. Hate to tell you that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 the last 14 years have been tough. Mm. So just when you look at your kids, and, and as they get older, the difficulties get, you know, they're, they're more complex, as mm-hmm. Mary said. And so... Mm-hmm. 
Although, but, but God has been there. He, he has taken the burden off of us. Mm-hmm. Uh, we don't have to prove ourselves. He's, he's given us his grace freely. Mm-hmm. And we've accepted that, his love. And he's let us know that he loves our kids more than we can love them. Well, and you mm-hmm. know what what's, what's rings true to me uh, in y'all saying that is like, if you ask me, like, was it easier to be a kid or is it easier to be an adult? It's far easier to be a, it, it's it, like being a kid. There's some, like, there's some level of freedom. So it's like, it's like fleshed out in the sense of, um, being a parent of adult kids is harder because you're watching them adult mm-hmm. and it's adulting more complex. is, is complex mm-hmm. and hard and cars break down and you're mm-hmm. now responsible and there's no, mm-hmm. there, there's no safety net of people rescuing you. Like in, in, in zero to 14 years where someone's mm-hmm. constant, someone has an ability like, as a parent, you have an ability to sort of rescue them then. And then they get beyond the, the space where it's like you mm-hmm. you got to kind of, you got to land on your own feet. We're, in, and, we're and, there and, in the circus without a net is, is mm-hmm. much more difficult. Yeah, yeah. and then you have to, to watch. watch that. So, of course, it's mm-hmm. more difficult because it's like that's our experience of what we live. It's more mm-hmm. difficult, right? Mm-hmm. But the thing about it is that's when God chooses to draw you closer to himself. Mm-hmm. for your dependence mm-hmm. because you don't really realize how dependent you are because you're so independent in making mm-hmm. all these things happen for your kids and so when they're out there without a net you're realizing you can't control anything you yeah. get to go and what then, do I really believe and so do I really believe mm-hmm. that God God will protect them because I know I can't mm-hmm. oh yeah and so Part of it, this is coming to the end of yourself and realizing that at the end of yourself, there's only God. Mm-hmm. There's not yeah. something else. Well, and I, mm. one of the things I was I, I was talking recently to a patient that's like kind of in young adulthood, and and I I was telling her how um, when I in my twenties, especially like any time calamity would befall me, like my car would break down or I would get a flat tire or whatever. It always felt like the problem I had was uncommon to man. Right. Like it's like, what is, <laughs> what is, happened to you? Yes. It only happened to me. And I and am the only one under I, the sun. <laughs> I am the only one whose car breaks up. What? No issues and, it, and, I, and I was surprised like, and, and I was surprised and, and taken a guard uh, off guard because I'm like, what on earth is happening? Like, and what I, what I think I didn't realize is that, until I was 22, that I was under some level of protection of my parents. Mm. Like until I graduated from college, that there was some protection where I was being shielded from cars breaking down mm-hmm. and the responsibility of, of medical bills or, you know, like whatever, that, that a lot of things that I had um, taken for granted that I that I I didn't I didn't realize that someone was someone was taking the blows for me, mm-hmm. um, and, and again I had plenty of blows, that, you know, from zero to twenty two years, but but the blows of adulthood, uh, were kind of startling, you know, and mm-hmm. um and I do think David that like, because once you become adult, like if you were a perpetual child, you might never come to become dependent on the Lord because you might never realize how 
kind of floating out there you are. Mm-hmm. And that the, the problems that you have aren't uncommon to man. They are the problems that every adult has. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. One of the things, too, um, just that from a parent's point of view of what you're saying on the other side of that, um, I, uh, the Lord just impressed upon me um, to, you know, you when your kids are babies, you dedicated them to the Lord, and you know in your heart that they belong to Him, but do we really give them, you know, mm-hmm. to Him? And as adults, you know, they the Lord prompted me to give them to me. Mm. Oh, well, I already have. You know, you argue with them. I've given them. T- no, I want to have my way mm-hmm. with them. And it's like, take your hands off the steering wheel. Mm-hmm. You're done now. I need, they're mine. They've been mine all along, and um, and Let it's interesting. <laughs> interesting, yeah. And 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 until I did that, which was with one more than the other, um, and end up just completely in surrender to him, flat down on your face, kind of thing. Um, he didn't give me the assurance until then, and then the, just that tiny voice was like, who, you said this, Laura, earlier, who loves them more than me? You don't, I I love them more than you do. And so I've got this, Mm -hmm. just let them go and give them to me. And it's not letting them go in the universe, it's placing them Mm -hmm. in the very able hands of the father that loves them the most. I think we see that as, some people see that as a cop-out, where you're just going, okay, forget it, I'm throwing my hands up. But it's not. It's a surrender. Mm-hmm. It's a submission. And mm-hmm. it's not. You're bringing back, you're, you're going full circle. I bringing circling back. Because I think there has been a time when, when I have had that philosophy, like, well, all we can do is pray. Like, let's pray. And I'm like, no, that's our first line of defense. Mm-hmm. That's, that's our right. best line of that's defense. Right. And and putting in a, them in God's very capable hands, mm-hmm. it doesn't mean we stop disciplining. It doesn't mean we stop speaking into them with truth and wisdom of what we've experienced. It doesn't mean any of those things. It means more to like our peace in knowing at the end of the day, I don't have control and thank God. Exactly. Because I would make a terrible, I would make a terrible God. I, I want to trust God to be their God and to be real to them. And, and that I, I, again, we still live in our convictions as good parents, consistent parents doing what we're supposed to do. But we just open those fists Mm -hmm. up a little bit Mm -hmm. instead of being so tightly clenched around Mm -hmm. them. Exactly. Well, um, we always love having the Yarbroughs. This was so on. wonderful. It's not a season if Mary Yarbrough doesn't make it on this on this podcast. It was, right. Thank you guys so much. That was yeah. really such a neat conversation. And sometimes Laura and I like a break from just like, you know, like the the our our more interview type uh, like mm-hmm. life story interview type thing. We 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 like we like to mix it up every once in a while. So. Yeah. It's fun to do some topical stuff, and um, of course, we uh, we we love the Yarbroughs, and um, just 
Love getting to spend time with y'all. So thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, I really um, have so much respect for you guys as parents. And I, I think the fruit of the fruit of broken, brokenness mm-hmm. is really clear. When, and I, I do think there's those neat, jagged edges that you're able to say, here's where we've struggled and here's where God provided. And um, it doesn't have to be about how great I've done as a parent mm-hmm. or how great my kids have turned out which it sounds like they have, which is awesome. Um, but the willingness to, to acknowledge what God's done. Is I, we, ne- we never ask them for the exact recipe to make a good, to make a good adult, kid, like a, your, your children. <laughs> I think we got it. Adults. I think we bacon. got it. Bacon. <laughs> bacon. Bacon is always the answer. That's a solid answer. <laughs> do you have, do you have a, do you have an answer for me, David? <laughs> no. Thank you guys so much for coming on. I really appreciate it. And yeah, learned, thank you. I learned a thank lot. Thank you. Yes. And uh, thank you guys for joining us on Embarrassment of Riches.